What's that? Huh. Radio. What's going on with that radio? Greetings, everyone, to the Bloopcast Halloween episode. Who let Skeletor back in? (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. So, should we introduce ourselves? My name's James. I'm Ewan. And I'm Rob. But the question is, why are we Bloopcast? Yes. Yes? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> you sound so nervous, you. <laughs> I was trying. I was going for Harry, Harry Mason, though. And because this is quite a spooky episode, we've had to bring along an extra bloob for today. So we have got <laughs> our very good friend Joe. Hi, glad to be here. Hi, Joe. <laughs> Hello. Glad to be here on this spooky season. It's good to have you on. So. Ewan, do you have a little introductory passage for what we're going to talk about today? I do, I do. Here we have the long-awaited Silent Hill episode. Silent Hill is a PlayStation game made in 1999 by Team Silent, a game development team with the Japanese pachinko slots machine company Konami. (laughs) Uh, Silent Hill (laughs) follows the story of Harry Mason, a loving father who crashes his car in a mysterious town covered in fog and snow. When his daughter Cheryl disappears, Harry must journey into the dark, foreboding town to rescue his daughter and discover the secrets of Silent Hill. Uh, yeah, but it's uh, it's an amazing PlayStation 1, PlayStation X game, very close to my heart in recent years, uh, introduced to me, well, a very, I've always known about it for a very long time, but introduced to me by Joe. But we played Silent Hill 2 together, I remember years ago in, in Brighton, way back when, but yeah, no, um, the second game captured my imagination, and so it was wonderful when Joe and I played through the games together during lockdown and that was my kind of discovery Mm. of the first game and of most of the rest of the series as well but yeah no so here is silent hill and before we go into i want to kind of talk about how i got into silent hill so i think i vaguely heard of silent hill through culture osmosis like as a teenager because i remember the movie coming out when i was about 12 2006 didn't really give the series a shot because uh, growing up, I wasn't really into horror. My parents were quite strict about age ratings. But then when I was about 20, I bought a copy of Metal Gear Solid on the PS1. And my copy came with a demo disc of Silent Hill. And um, one evening I thought, eh, let's try this out. And after I got to grips with controls, I was really intrigued. So, oh, this is interesting. So I then went and bought the full game. And this is shows how long ago it was, because I got it for the insane price of eight pounds and if you go on ebay now it is so much more than eight pounds like the first listing that comes up is 99 pounds and 95p which is a lot more than the eight pounds <laughs> i paid for it in 2014 yeah but but yeah i got pretty hooked on the game but 
I didn't really know what to do. I got lost a lot. So I had to use a walkthrough for a lot of the game, which I will hold my hands up in shame and say I did. But I did love the story and the atmosphere. And I eventually got Silent Hill 2, which is my favourite in the series, but I still think the first game is still pretty good in its own right. I think it's the scarier game of the two, I would say. Silent Hill 2 lets you just vibe, you know? Yeah. It's kind of there drinking yeah. the atmosphere rather than necessarily being like, it's less panicky. The first yeah. one, you're just being hounded constantly by enemies that can move faster than you can. It's very scary. We'll get into that, but there's a lot of things in Silent Hill 1 that unnerves me a lot more than most of the rest of the series of Silent Hill, except for maybe three. They're all scary games, we'll put it like that, but one is quite special, I think. Right, James. No. <laughs> oh, I've already said, really. Yeah. Well, like, don't want like... to go first. Oh, wow, you you just really don't want to do this. <laughs> no. no. Sorry. Someone else has got to take the... Right, the, Joe. The... You, I, yeah, I've, already, I've, already, I've already said I basically... Uh, discovered the series through you so how did you discover Silent Hill? Working backwards establishing the roots of the mystery Yeah I uh, similarly to Rob had you know heard the name around a lot but didn't really know anything about it until I was at my girlfriend's house once and the film came on TV Mm. and uh, I thought it was a bit crap to be honest (laughs) (laughs) I, I, I I didn't really get what I didn't really get what it was it's very strange Lots of it's quite vague until the end when it dumps a lot of exposition on you and then gets a bit uh, a bit grindhouse towards the end. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it, did, it didn't impress me much. But then a couple of years later, so like 2014, when I was going away to uni, I knew I was bringing my trusty PlayStation 2 with me. Mm. So I looked up a bunch of best PS2 games kind of lists and stuff and went on a bit of a spending spree, discovered Silent Hill 2 and fell in love. Yeah. <laughs> Initially, he didn't buy it. He borrows my copy, and I think it took oh, me yeah. about yeah, a year true. to get it back from you. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. You you lent it to me, and then I went and bought the other ones on eBay, and eventually, when you nagged me enough, I gave two back and bought my own. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> but yeah, been obsessed ever since. Eventually made my way onto the later games, which are more divisive. <laughs> <laughs> and for the last two years, I've been in the top like 200 listeners on Spotify for the guy who did the music. Oh, Akira Yamaoka. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing composer. My king. Yeah, honestly. Well, you've said that some of your music's been inspired by Silent Hill stuff. Majorly. Yeah. I love him. He's brilliant. We should mention Joe's in a band, by the way. (laughs) I used... Well, I technically still am in a band with Rob. (laughs) Wow. My my first ever band. That's, That's how far back we go. Yeah. Uh, for for the listeners. <laughs> Very nice. James. <laughs> Here we go. Right, James. Oh, you famously loved uh, the Resident no. Evil games. No, and, I did not. Uh, and now, now no, okay, you're no, no, gonna... no, no, no. Ewan, we need to get this out of the way, all right? Like, he's been spreading rumors around me, all right? Like, look. <laughs> I'm not no, all about you, like, James. <laughs> you explicitly said to the chat, "You love this game. No, you cannot wait to no, play it this multiple is wrong. times." No, 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 no. Right? You, you is you. editing this. He will pay evidence. <laughs> right, hello, it's me, James, and I want to tell you all that I really love Silent Hill. It's my favourite game ever, 
and I can't wait to play it multiple, multiple times. Ewan has been committing various acts of impersonation. This is not a joke. He has recorded himself with a deep voice going, Right, hello, my name's James and I love Silent Hill. I want to play it multiple, multiple times and share it to our group chat. Can I just say, I do not sound like his impression. He makes it super deep and he makes it too much like Alan Moore. Apparently, I sound like Alan Moore now and it's false, dude. I don't know what he's playing at. Ewan. So James, anyway, so look, James, you really like Resident Evil and Silent Hill. No, I don't. They're your famous. This is, they're, this they're is your wrong. Games. All right, all right. I'm taking famously, you to court. Famously, your favorite game. <laughs> right, let's get this over the way, lads. Right, for the price of ten Final Fantasy VII's, you can play the original Silent Hill on PS1 from eBay. That's approximately hundred quid, give or take. And you know what? Cost of living, it's a serious thing. So naturally, I did not buy this thing. Okay. Now, or you can go through the PS3 route, which is a huge. I'm sorry to the editor. It's a huge f you to me as I own a PS2, a PS4, and a PS5. I also own a Switch and an Xbox One and a gaming laptop. Apparently, I can't own the game officially that way either. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. it's, it's pretty so, wild. So, this game shares many similarities to Resident Evil 1 and 2 and was made to compete with said games. As you all know, I'm not a huge fan of the first two Resident Evils, despite what Ewan is saying on this podcast. <laughs> I could not. <sighs> I could not finish them, and they are not games for me. So prepping for this podcast, I was overloaded with dread. I ultimately used an emulator, which took ages to sort out. It almost gave my laptop 50 viruses, refused to work on my Mac when I tried that, <laughs> and once it was sorted out, it crashed during a certain cutscene, which I had to fiddle with like the settings to make it work, essentially. After getting the game sorted, I played it. And you know what I think? After all that suffering, heartache, and confusion, and getting this elusive f***ing game to work... I have to say that I just hate, hate, hate to admit that I absolutely adore this game. Hey. <laughs> and I finished it in two days. I really love Silent Hill. I can't wait to play it multiple, multiple times. Anyway, um, that was masterfully done. Well, Thank well you. Done. The, you the, true, have to know the, the true survival horror was listening to all of that and not threatening death on you. <laughs> I'm glad it had a happy ending. Yeah, I've I've, I, I, I've I've been in the know for a while, so I've been I've been assisting James in the in the charade because uh, yeah, basically I was very worried when James initially was very irritated by the trouble of emulating it and trying to get it to work, and I thought, you know what, is it really fair to make James go through this? Maybe we should just watch a horror film or something instead. And well, I said, that's the thing. And, you, I, and I said this to James. Me. Yeah. yeah, and um, and I was like, you know what, James? Let's just like, you know what? I I obviously I'd like to do this game, but let's not worry about it if it's just going to be a pain. And then James was like, no, 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 I like it. <laughs> well, no, it's just I felt so bad because I I was fooling you at one point. I was going up to you like I think we were in the pub at one point. And yeah. You were saying like, yeah. oh, that cutscene in Silent Hill. Didn't you like it, James? And I was just like, Silent Hill is a game. I didn't say anything. I didn't say explicitly say I didn't like it. I just kept on saying, Silent Hill is a game. And I kept putting a weird face when I said it. Yeah. Um, but like, I was ready to buy it because of your um, Resident Evil history. I, I was just... <laughs> I didn't speak to you directly about it, but I believed it when Ewan was telling me. I was, I was oh, brilliant. I'm in attack mode for this I've got loads of things I want to say to you trying to sell how good the game is. <laughs> Do you know, I, there were multiple times where I had to stop myself writing like or reacting to a, a message one of you guys was saying about Silent Hill and how good it was. I had to like stop myself from putting a heart react or like 
Right. Mm. Oh, that's great. I love that bit. Yeah. I actually yeah. had to like. It was pretty difficult. So I'm. I'm relieved that I now can say that I do like. I did really like Silent Hill. So yeah. It's the plot twist of the century. Yeah. Yeah, folks. Yeah. I felt so bad for you because it's supposed to be saying like, oh, it's clear you don't like it, and I'm so gutted. And I was like, no. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's not true. Well, I, I was like I said. I, I you know, I, it didn't bother me too much because you know I'm a big Resident Evil fan as well, and I know that those games don't gel with you so i know i, I figured yeah. it was just like a a gameplay and a, you know like there's so many reasons why someone would just be completely thrown mm. off by silent hill just quickly can i just say quickly how i did discover because i did realize after that little show i didn't actually say how i discovered it properly <laughs> um, I, I won't take much more of your time in terms it's very quick in terms of how i've actually discovered it uh, i have been aware of silent hill i vaguely remember seeing the film advertised somewhere first when i was really young on like the, like bus banners i want to say it was like a yeah. bus banner or like a banner i don't know was... if that was something you guys might have witnessed when you it's weird yeah no i definitely remember like pyramid head being yeah. fairly like popular at one point as a kind of movie monster and it's weird thinking back to that when it was you know a yeah. pretty pretty big series because of course the last 10 years it's kind of faded out a little bit until recently until, yeah. yeah it wasn't yeah, actually dead by until... daylight man he's back yeah, it's all back, man. It just wasn't really in, in pog form. Yeah, it wasn't really until <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't until you and Rob got me into it that I recently engaged in it. And uh, you know, I, I have emulated it. If it does get released at a more official capacity, I will make sure to purchase it properly. It's mm. just not possible for me right now, which is a sadness. But it's you know, it's I'm, very I'm... yeah, it's infuriating. There's so many amazing PlayStation games that aren't like uh, Tomb Raider is another example where they're mm. these classic PlayStation games, and there's no way to get them on modern consoles or even on mm. PC, which is insane. Mm. Like these are cultural artifacts, and especially Silent Hill Two, which is like almost universally considered one of the best games ever mm. it's absolutely shocking that they've been yeah. allowed to wallow for so long so i'm hoping that so we should mention we're recording this the day before a big silent hill announcement <laughs> so i'm hoping pogs 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 <laughs> pachinko slots yeah who knows but yeah like if they if even if all they said was we're just gonna literally just release the games onto pc and modern consoles that would be a good enough announcement for me yeah like i wouldn't care about a new game i wouldn't care about anything like that i wouldn't care about a new movie or anything just access to the original games please <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's really sad. It's so hard for new people to experience these games. Mm, yeah. Can it exactly. be considered a form of abandonware at this point? Because I feel like oh, it's yeah. at least... Uh, two yeah. and three are, yeah. Four definitely was until like a year or two ago when it got put on GOG. Before that, it got left off the... Most people would consider this like a good thing, but four got left off the HD collection, hmm. which is also famously bad. Yeah, so... Oh, that HD collection is like, awful. Didn't yeah. they replace some of the font with Comic Sans or something stupid like that? <laughs> they, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, the Silent Hill Ranch sign is in Comic Sans. The si oh, brilliant. And they, and they changed <laughs> the voice actors because they couldn't be bothered to just they got rid of the use fog. the original recording or something. The fog was bad. Oh my god. It's just, yeah, they, it was um, a shocking thing to do to fans. They, they'd, also, they'd, they'd also lost the source code the original build of the game so they oh, what? it was it, it's really strange I, I guess it's just something people didn't look after at the time but sure. basically the, the hd collection was rebuilt from an early version of the game so it would have been complete full of glitches i think yeah. three i think that the port of three is famous for crashing all the time like you can yeah. barely even play it 
Like yeah. two, I, two I think is functional, but has had things change that are just yeah. you know, not good. I want to spin it to something positive. I want to really talk about the European box art, not the dreadful yeah. US box <laughs> art for the game. But the European box art is. It's a thing of beauty, like, it really sells you what the game is like, because it's got, like, a sense of mystery about it, it's got, like, that kind of mm. ambiguous scariness, as it doesn't really tell you anything about the game, but because it's really unsettling, it kind of pulls you in, so you've got to, the only way to find out what the deal is with the game is to experience it yourself, which is so much better than just superimposing Harry's face and putting it on a really bland-looking box. Don't forget the filter, there's a filter on it. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> yeah, the, the history of Silent Hill covers is hilarious because, yeah, the European one for Silent Hill 3 is really good and then the American one is terrible. Oh, yeah. I think the American one for 2 is better because it has the picture of Angela, whereas the, the, Euro- the, Euro- the European one for 2 is very basic. Yeah. Very- odd it's just a it's basically just all black apart from a little strip of green yeah whereas then yeah you got onto the amazing image of heather's face in uh, silent hill 3 with like sunken eyes in the european cover mm, it's really yeah. it's really great and then four is even more like, insane i was going to comment on just how beautiful the cutscenes in the game do actually look i mm. mean as you guys know i am a huge fan of the old sort of jittery style of cutscenes that you see in like Oddworld and fallout uh, games like medieval as well that jittery i don't want to keep using the word jittery because it has a negative connotation but there's this kind of like Again, I just thought of another word. It's just stiffness, but it's good. I don't know why, but it just—I really like it that looks, sort of PS One cutscene. No, style. It, it was the biggest selling point when it first appeared. Mm. It was like at the E Three convention in 1998, and the thing that everyone—they—they mm. they had the intro cutscene playing on a loop over and over as like a you know just presentation. With the amazing music. Yeah. Wasn't it? Yeah. One guy. One guy did all the animations it, of Silent yeah, Hill by it himself. Was, uh, this tax- this is insane. the main thing I was going to try and sell it to you on James because I, I know you were like into all your animations yes stuff. and no, yeah, I'm glad you, yeah I'm th- this one this one guy Takayoshi Sato taught himself to do 3d animation on his own at the office after work uh, slept under his desk doing it and I just think that's just so inspiring like that's so cool yeah that did that. It, 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 they're, they're gorgeous the, the, yeah, the animation yeah, it took like 2,000 hours yeah but the in-game cutscenes however are not quite <laughs> on that level they're, they're very stiff very they're not quite well, on they, the level they... of um, Resident well... Evil 1 with that was too close you were almost a Jill sandwich and all that kind of stuff but that was too close you were almost a Jill <laughs> I think it's for the, the same style. The game's trying it's to similar. tell. It doesn't really work. I think with Resident Evil, we can kind of let it slide because it's more of a B movie kind of thing, whereas Silent Hill is more of a yeah. serious psychological story. I've been expecting you. It was foretold by Gyromancy. What are you talking about? The in engine cutscenes are where the game really unfortunately shows its age because like the the thing about the speed of the technological development in games at the time is like like two years later silent hill 2 has those like mad cg cutscenes like even more of them and with some of the most detailed and expensive motion capture that had ever been done at all i think but especially for games absolutely and they they applied that same thing to the engine cutscenes as well so they're all shot really well with like changing camera angles close-ups facial animation and it re- it really gives you a feel but like two years earlier they're just <laughs> uh, this, obviously the cg still looks fantastic but the the engine stuff 
it's just it's just two, two characters two two, like. two block two lego men standing in a room facing <laughs> towards each other not moving counteract the wrath of the underworld it was foretold by gyromancy it's so amazing to me that one of the most important scenes, well, uh, to be fair, there's a lot of important scenes where, yeah, it's just the Lego figures, but the one that stood out to me was when Lisa Garland, who's a character that yeah. you meet in, in the town, she's telling the history of Silent Hill, this, this whole thing about, like, oh, there was a cult or something, and there's some kind of darkness in this town, and it's quite hard to explain what's going on, and it's literally just them sitting in front of each other and just going, this is what's happening. Oh boy, what, that's kind of weird, right? And you go, oh. <laughs> it's, it's so kind of like, it's so kind of dull compared to the drama of the actual gameplay. Yeah. Which is a shame because like the actual CG cutscenes when they happen are so good. And you and you go, oh there, my it's god. A, it's a know. miracle how well those turned out. You know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, like as, they, as the work oh. of one guy in 1998. I think what... He's a machine, man. I think what's good <laughs> is that... He's genius. When they, when they did use them, they used them well because they introduced each of the characters with the CG. Yeah. And I think that was so important yeah. because you do get a sense of how they look, how they kind of act. You know, the introduction of Dahlia Gyromancy. is so wonderful because she has this kind of horrible like mm. body language where she's like, it's almost like she's clicking her bones or something. It's so creepy. Yeah. Um, yeah so that's yeah. great, you oh. know. Although the best is the one, well, Lisa. Me, well, Sorry, is the one near the end with Lisa. Without going into spoilers, mm. it's like it, they could not have done that in engine. It's just no, like no. it wouldn't have had been impactful if they didn't do it as a fully 3D cutscene. It's haunting, yeah. isn't it? Shall we talk about the opening of the game? Because yeah. yeah. What an effective opening! Like you're in like the middle of nowhere mm. and exploring the town, and it's like pretty ominous to start with. It's mm. kind of just a foggy town, and then as you go through, things suddenly become more hellish, and then the land kind of shifts. Like the greys kind of become more reddish, and mm. then yeah. you discover a mutilated hanging corpse, and then you get overwhelmed oh, by these gosh, weird yeah. demon things that kill you. Which I imagine first time players is like, what? I, I died. What was I supposed to do? And then you get a brief cutscene of you waking up in a cafe. It turns out you were dreaming. It's all a dream. Or were you? Or, or was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. One thing I love about that is that it, it kind of, it's immediately the game tipping its hat because I'm a huge fan of the film Jacob's Ladder. Every day, Jacob Singer goes to work. What's wrong? Oh, it's one of those days. And every day, he wonders what is happening to him. Maybe it's the pressure, Jake. They're like demons, Jeff. Which is a wonderful film from the 1990? Yeah, yeah, 1990. Yeah, yeah. and it's, it's an absolutely gorgeous film, and Silent Hill is very clearly influenced by it. And that whole opening sequence of the world becoming more and more hellish as you kind of enter this alleyway and then at the end there's like a horrible corpse just hanging from the wall that's straight out of jacob's ladder imagery where like there's a scene of a character like he's going down these corridors things are kind of disturbing but it's still quite real and then suddenly he's surrounded by there's like there's mutilated body parts on the floor the walls are covered in blood and it just becomes you know it's it's, it's like something out of like psychosis or something and and it's it's so yeah. effective and yes i remember when joe and i played it for the first time because i was uh, uh, joe was playing it and i was watching him this was during lockdown and i didn't have a copy of the game i was just watching him play it i just remember that moment just sticking with me because it was just so 
Oh, just the way... Literally, you do just descend into hell at that point. You have complete mm. control over it. Mm. One thing I do kind of miss, you get a you get a flashlight later, but you use a, a lighter at that point, and I would have loved it if at, later on in the game you, you had to use the lighter again, because the look of it is just so gorgeous and terrifying. Um, yeah, the way yeah. it like, flickers, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. And the, the, orin the way the like, orange light in particular illuminates stuff as it gets slowly more messed up as you wander down the alleyway, and the way the camera swings over the top of Harry's head. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's... the camera movements in this game are so good. They are. Like, there's the, the vertigo inducing camera movements along with the music. Just for me, that makes it far more scary and sinister than Resident Evil. Like, I felt almost unsafe playing the game. Whereas in Resident Evil, because of just how silly it is, I don't know, I took Silent Hill a bit more seriously. Yeah. I love what they did with the camera movements, genuinely. I know we've kind of mentioned a bit of comparisons to Resident Evil, but I'm just going to launch into it and say why I think this is better than Resident Evil. So, yes, it is like Resident Evil, and it's clear that there's an influence that it has on that game, but it's easier to navigate, has less stress involving the inventory and saves, and both of those things are unlimited, which is literally most of the criticisms I have for Resident Evil are sort of addressed in Silent Hill. I prefer the supernatural and psychological horror vibe to it. It just, the game hands me that on the platter. I hated navigating Resident Evil 1 and 2's maps, and its camera as well, like, I just kind of found it a bit inaccessible. Hmm. Silent Hill gives you maps that are incredibly easy to, you know, and accessible and fun to navigate. I would say for a PS1 title, Silent Hill might have one of the best cameras I've ever come across. Hmm. It's practical, it serves its purpose to the player, it's also creative, as you guys have mentioned as well, with the vertigo, when it swirls around trying to create this sense of confusion and disorientation. Mm. There are a lot of PS1 3D cameras that are rubbish, like Rayman 2 is rubbish, yeah. for instance. Yeah. Whereas Silent Hill, it gets it to a T, and I really love that about the game. So yeah, that's one of the reasons why I think it triumphs over Resident Evil oh, no. for the camera. I, I think, yeah, no, 100%. I think that as someone who is also a big fan of Resident Evil, I will say that, yeah, Silent Hill, like, first off, Harry has, apparently he has a pen and he notes down <laughs> where he's gone and where he's going uh, yeah um which is so <laughs> i love that so much so useful That's yeah he has cool this little detail, red yeah. he has this little red pen that he's noting down because they also show the way that you save games which again is a little nod to resident evil where you have the typewriter but here he has a little notepad and he's making little notes as he goes and that's how you save you know in, in the game they are in set locations though but you can save whenever you want you don't have to have like an ink ribbon like you do in resident evil no uh, as ewan's pointing out with the navigation like the fact that because i got lost so much in resident evil just to save my own game mm. like if i wanted to finish playing i'd have to run back and forwards in very identical kind of like looking rooms and stuff oh like, sure just well, to find one's, the last... one's really bad for that i hated that so much whereas with silent hill it was a bit like okay i finished playing now let me save my game i know where that save is it's on my map mm. and i don't need to worry about conserving an ink ribbon to save my game essentially yeah, yeah. um so i get what the resident evil is going for but for me personally as a gamer it's just an inconvenience and it makes it really inaccessible for me and I like that Silent Hill was a bit more I guess nicer about it it's know. funny yeah I, it is funny yeah. that, that it, despite yeah Silent Hill is probably the scarier game but yeah, no, it is. It is funny to think that it's actually the nicer, <laughs> the nicer one of, of the it's two. Much more yeah, yeah, I didn't die once playing Silent Hill, whereas I died horribly multiple times in Resident Evil. So I think the best thing about this game for me is the atmosphere, because the town is 
incredibly empty and has lots of mm. liminal spaces which gives everything an unsettling vibe. I got similar vibes from the original Halloween which I saw for the first time recently and loved. And as a more recent example, Jordan Peele's Note, as in like both films have oh, like, yeah. like all these wide shots of like empty spaces, which make the towns yeah. the films are set in like feel somewhat ominous. And Silent Hill has the exact same feeling, and especially yeah. because everything is covered in fog, which was originally done for technical reasons because the PS1's draw distance was pretty bad. But it made the game scarier because you couldn't see what was going to come out, so you had to rely on the radio, which crackled whenever like a monster comes near. Ah, oh, that right, ra- that mm. radio. What's going on with that radio? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I find it really interesting the way uh, a lot of games from this time, are, a lot of them more iconic elements come from technical limitations. Hmm. So the fog was used to cover up the fact that literally if you look in the code apparently and remove the fog most of the buildings are only half rendered like they're all missing roofs yeah. and oh, stuff wow. and it's funny the you fog is that. used my... to mask that so that they can draw things in greater detail yeah my friend was telling me about that from work she said that like they clearly used like a Stephen King like, I mean I want to say it's taken inspiration from Stephen King's The Mist oh 100% just... 100% yeah but 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 at the same time as Joe's pointing out, they did actually use that to a technical advantage, which is really ingenious. I don't think any other game has really done that. Uh, so yeah, it's very clever how they use technical detail to create both atmosphere, but also you know, present the game efficiently as they have done. And I suppose it helps give it the open world feel as well, that you can, it doesn't have to like render and like lag. I don't know, it's very clever and ingenious, I think, what they did. There's a really interesting thing about the voice acting. So I was listening to an interview with uh, Michael Gwynn who voiced Harry Mason and there's a really wonderful like two hour interview on YouTube if anyone wants to listen to it it's really he's a really interesting guy because he was a guy living in Japan and you know there's the classic kind of thing of an, of an English voice actor in Japan and the kind of weird shenanigans that were going on there the very fact that they apparently couldn't pronounce his surname Gwynn so he went by the name Michael G so it actually was really difficult to find him for many years because you know it was Michael G they didn't know his name but he said that they were actually told to speak kind of stultingly, you know, so it'd be like, have you seen a little girl? Short black hair. And that was because of PS1 limitations with what they could do with the audio at the time. Um, Yeah, so that was the reason why everyone has this kind of stilted way of speaking. Sorry, (laughs) I got the impression from that interview that that's what they told him, but then they ended up up doing the gaps (laughs) to make it more weird and off-putting. Finally, someone else who's okay. Who are you? My name's Lisa Garland. What's yours? Harry Mason. Yeah, well, I think that was the thing was, and he, I remember he said he was disappointed because it sounded so kind of unnatural. But yeah, no, I think I think there was definitely that intention. But I think it was originally it came from PlayStation audio limitations because I and I was noticing it as well, like listening to it because there were definitely moments where like sentences were kind of like unnaturally cut off which was quite interesting where you could tell that the voice actor had said it normally yeah see i thought it was the thing like with resident evil where it was english voice actors living in japan like having to read a script that was translated from japanese to english so it was a bit broken but no that was intentional that makes a lot more sense now well the guy they had it was a guy called Harry Inaba was the voice director and I want to say that that's where the name Harry came from but ha- yeah. uh, but Michael Gwynn said that 
Harry was pretty clued up on English. Like he was, he he knew. Michael talked about like how yeah he worked with some Japanese voice directors. I think one of them told him that like no 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 it's not pronounced Tanzania it's Tanzania. <laughs> so you know where Japanese people would insist that they know English better than the English speakers. So Harry Anaba was apparently very good at actually like understanding the kind of nuances of English, which was good. Yeah, he was he was um, fluent. I think. Yeah. So I, yeah. I think he was he put a lot of work into helping with the script. I think. So yeah. there's probably yeah. a, a lot more basis in actual, yeah. you know, <laughs> readable, speakable English. Yeah, it, in, it's, that, in that script than there was in Resident Evil. Yeah. There's no master of unlocking. <laughs> <laughs> it might be handy if you, the master of unlocking, take it with you. Well, that's the thing. I personally really like the voice acting in Silent Hill. I don't think I have any issue with it at all. I mean, like, especially comparing it to Resident Evil where it's just like, that was too close. Yeah. You were almost a chibble sandwich and all that stuff. Yeah. Just, I, felt, I felt like they succeeded in doing what they wanted to do. Hmm. And Harry Mason's voice actor is really, really good. Yeah. I really like him throughout the whole game. So you don't know anything either. Great. I don't want to launch into spoiler territory just yet, but there is a, a, a line delivery which I spoke to you in about yesterday that's really, it really guts me. Like, I think the voice actors did an amazing job. Well, so, well Michael um, Gwynn, no, Michael Gwynn, I was telling James, was the voice actor of Dracula in Castlevania. <laughs> Uh, what is a man? <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> a miserable pile of secrets. <laughs> he was Man, also he, he was the Ridge Racer. Also, he was a uh, Ridge, Ridge Racer. Racer. Ridge Racer. Ridge Racer. Remember that one? <laughs> Do you think Harry crashed his car at the start because he was trying to you know, r- Ridge Race? <laughs> <laughs> that he, was he the actual off. he drove he was trying to ridge race and he just drove straight off that ledge next corner's tough watch yourself with his daughter in the car <laughs> <laughs> look man when, when Harry, you Harry, strikes you got you gotta go fast he's got a need for speed harry's actually just a really irresponsible driver that's his great character flaw yeah. with, with his daughter in the car he was like ah oh, whatever sure i'll be fine Genius move. <laughs> I do feel like, because we brought up Resident Evil, I do feel this game structurally is kind of like Resident Evil, as in it's kind of like you do kind of poison click adventure game kind of thing where you're finding items mm. to progress. And oh, yeah, yeah. I personally yeah. prefer kind of the survival mechanics of Resident Evil because, like, the limited yeah. license space and the ink ribbons are a more tense experience, which I get why James mm. prefers the way it is in this game. And I do think. Resident Evil's kind of survival mechanics wouldn't have worked in Silent Hill because I don't think limited saves would have worked in this game at all. Do you know what, I want to build up on that point because I think the best way for me to sum it up, I think you're right, Rob. I think the ultimate takeaway is Silent Hill intends to spook out players, whereas Resident Evil intends to kill you in a very intense <laughs> way. That's, that's kind of my take. At least I, that, that's how I felt when I was playing Silent Hill. That's so right. I really like a meme that's kind of circulating the internet where it's like the difference between Resident Evil and Silent Hill, and, and the Resident Evil is, uh, oh my god, whoa, dogs just jump through the window, that's so scary, whoa! And then Silent Hill is, I just want my daughter back. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard it said that, like, the worst way that a horror game can ruin its spookiness is by actually killing you, because 
then all the tension's gone. There's yeah. no, there's nothing to be afraid of anymore because it's already killed you. You've already seen what happens. Mm. But if it can get under your skin and make you tense, yeah. like Silent Hill does, Ooh. it's much more effective. Yeah, yeah. Because you You're you spend right. you spend the entire thing with the darkness and the fog and the again the music took mm. a lot of influence from like industrial music like yeah. say Nine Inch Nails yeah so a lot of things yeah. you're not you're not sure if what you're hearing is like a clangy bashy music or like a monster scraping its way down the hallway yeah oh yeah. didn't they use mm. dentist drills for some of the music tracks I think they did yeah and yeah. Appar- apparently wow. when um, the music director Akira Yamaoka when he showed the other team members industrial music like as as an idea for how to build the atmosphere of the game the others all thought the computer was glitching oh my god because it sounded so alien to them oh. oh that reminds me of an unrelated story of one of mine chosen Hewan's mutual friends who ran unnamed was listening to one of his favourite bands back in the day and his dad came in to, with a toolbox thinking <laughs> the radiator was broken ha <laughs> <laughs> well my um that's so funny you mentioned that because when I was so I actually do have the PlayStation 3 version of Silent Hill 1 and for the most part it works okay but there were a couple sound glitches at one point the, the shotgun it just seems to be broken in like outside like when you fire it it repeats the sound over and over until you go into a building it's really annoying luckily I, I almost never used the shotgun like outside but yeah it, it's really irritating one thing that freaked me the hell out was it's just after you leave the hospital and you head to the antique shop there's a weird radio noise it's not really it's not like the static you hear when enemies are nearby it's more like white noise almost i'll play it like here so you know listeners can hear what i'm talking about but it's like i thought the playstation 3 was broken like i actually i actually (laughs) thought because i hadn't heard that sound before while playing the game and i thought oh my god either my playstation or the tv sound is broken because it sounded so (laughs) wrong and I had to look it up. No, no, I, I was almost like, almost twenty-five years later, Akira is still. He, he's still getting people. Falling people. Yeah, it was like when there was another good moment. It was when I was playing Eternal Darkness. That game also messes with your like. It messes with like the volume and like the picture things sometimes. And, it makes and it for really the most part, though, doesn't it? It's really obvious, except for one that genuinely caught me was when they messed with your controls. Now, I have a very old, you know, GameCube (laughs) controller that could very easily break and stop working properly. So when it stopped, you know, when it started having a mind of its own and started running out, I almost threw the thing across the room. I was so terrified. So games from that era, man, they knew what they were doing. They really did. Going back to sound, I did want to talk about the sound design because it's so well done. There's a particular part I wanted to highlight, which is when you go into the hospital for the first, time you hear a gunshot just in the distance and then you next room you walk into you see you have a cutscene of a man holding a gun and there's all these really eerie sounds like yeah. throughout the game that kind of like keep you on your edge like you'll be in a quiet room and suddenly you hear like a crash or a bang and a wind sound or like some more industrialist sound it's so weird one thing I wanted to explore, because I mean, we talked about the audio, but just generally the landscapes themselves, like we've talked about the hellish landscapes and stuff, but the way the game actually changes when you go back and forth through certain doors, it's really clever. Like it's a very clever way of using video games to create a sense of madness, essentially. I mean, I myself as a player was actually starting to question whether I was going mad playing the game. Mm. I was going back and forth through mm. a door and ended up in a different room, just like, what the Was that the one in the, in the oh, school? Yeah. Oh, that, 
Oh, that's particularly the case yeah. in um, the last bit of the game, mm. the nightmare section, where you can't really rely on the map. So you actually need to physically map out the place in your head because it is the layout of the kind of the mm. hospital, but the doors go into all these different rooms from different places in the game. And yeah. it's really cool. It's, it kind of reminds me of the mansion in Resident Evil, and you have to physically kind of map out which door leads to where. I was thinking it's kind of like a almost kind of Twin Peaks kind of vibe. Yes. Um, <laughs> The Black Lodge. The Black Lodge, yeah. You yeah. think about like the the amount of times that characters do walk through like a door and they're in a completely new place. Like yeah, the Black Lodge when you go through the curtains and you're in a, a whole new room that looks exactly the same but it's slightly different. Yeah, no, there's yeah. it's a wonderful kind of idea. That's a very um, good comparison, actually. Well, Twin, I know Twin Peaks was an inspiration. It was an inspiration on the music. Mm. Uh, I know that Yamaoka mentions Battle of Menti was a was an influence. The team in general took a lot of influence from loads of American TV shows and films. Uh, lots of stuff set in small towns. Tons of Stephen King. Yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah. Actually, you, you mentioned The Mist a while ago. Apparently they initially planned the game as a adaptation of The Mist. Oh. Mm. But yeah, that makes appara- sense. <laughs> apparently, apparently Stephen King's lawyers wouldn't let him wouldn't let them use the rights. So they had to make up their own story, <laughs> right. and that's how we got what we got. Around the time I first played this game, I was watching for the first time The X Files, which is another kind of a kind of sci-fi mm. horror show from around that era. So yeah, yeah, no, definitely that as well. Because it was especially with the UFO ending. It's not all aliens. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just want to quickly say there is a poster saying "Study, damn it," and it's really funny. <laughs> oh yeah, Kindergarten Cop. <laughs> to be a teacher requires patience kindness and understanding fortunately astoria elementary has just hired such an individual arnold schwarzenegger is kindergarten cop this is the big thing yeah i wanted to talk about just now was the influence of kindergarten cop on this because they didn't have a reference you know they they were in japan they didn't have a reference for an american school and because i think maybe it's because it's like they're always high schools so kindergarten cop was one of the few times where you see like a kind of preschool like an american preschool and of course like the girl that we follow throughout the game alessa was kind of that age like seven years old so yeah so they used kindergarten cop as a as a reference for what the school would look like which is great <laughs> yeah i mean i don't know why harry got so into you know chasing after his missing daughter and like facing killer monsters and that when he could have just gone and knocked on arnold schwarzenegger's door or something and <laughs> got, got him to come give him a hand you know he was around town <laughs> i wanted to talk before we go into spoilers i just wanted to talk about harry and why i like him as a character because i've always tried to figure out why i like harry because there's nothing about harry that's particularly like amazing there's no epic backstory to him or anything his entire conversation is have you seen a little girl <clears throat> or what's this radio but what i like about him <laughs> yeah but what i like about him i've realized is that it's really rare for a video game character to just be a guy. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? He's not a badass cop or a gangster. He's not a superhero. He's not Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's not winking at the camera. He's not telling one-liners. And he's not doing any crazy action moves like in 99% of video game protagonists. And he's not a cartoon hedgehog. <laughs> like, he's, he's just some guy who falls into this 
absolutely insane story and this kind of nightmarish town where it's not clear whether whether it's the cult that's behind everything or whether it's the town itself like the area or whether it's all in his head and he's just having some kind of psychotic episode it's so good capturing that feeling of you are just some random guy who's trying to not die and you're trying to rescue your daughter and you realize that yeah your seven-year-old daughter is somewhere out there in the mist surrounded by horrifying monsters and all you have is an idiot cop who gives you a gun and says bye won't see you again for a bit and a nurse who doesn't leave a room (laughs) there's no one to help you i do have a note on this because (laughs) i feel the characters like at least harry the characters are more relatable than those of resident evil because Resident Evil 1, you've got like the elite stars alpha team and you've got the big burly, yeah, bustly yeah, Chris yeah. and the marsh run knocking it and it works because it's kind of a more of a tongue-in-cheek <laughs> B-movie kind of thing. But here we've got that. Like, Harry's just a guy looking for his daughter. Like, we don't even know what he does for a job. He, yeah. he could just be just working a shop or something, just completely ordinary. Mm. Yeah, literally. Yeah, yeah. And two two things, actually, I want to build on what both of you said, actually, is that, like, you don't get a lot of protagonists in, like, video games being, like, father figures. It's kind mm. of... I mean, I, I can't think of many PS1 games that actually explore that territory, to be honest. So it's interesting to play a game. Yeah. I mean, it's more of a it's more I, of a I, recent I like the character the dad game thing yeah i think like, harry, harry, harry might have been one of the first like it's more it's a, re- a very recent thing like rob said i think the last of us the evil within uh resident evil yeah. 8 god of war boy boy dad of boy the, <laughs> the the whole archetype kind of goes back to le miserable and like uh, jean valjean protecting um Corset. and it's a beautiful it's such a beautiful form of storytelling and I love seeing it in films and literature so it's nice to see it in a video game and in a PS1 video game as well at that so it was very nice to see. That's a really good point I think we are going to signal spoilers now because I want to mention something that relates to a point that James said so yeah here we go spoilers 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 please if you don't want to get captured by (laughs) aliens (laughs) and they kill you and then you get yeah you get get a laser gun. What? There's a laser gun? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, If you get a UFO and and then you get a laser gun. I did not know that. I knew there was a UFO in it. I didn't know you get a laser gun. Oh my god. I missed out on that. But James, you're right about Jean Valjean from Les Mis, but also The Last of Us. All of them are about adoptive relationships mm. between a, a father who mm. adopts a daughter relationship and yeah and that, and i think that's what's wonderful about harry is that yeah it, it is you know it is his daughter for all intents and purposes but yeah it, it, he then suddenly drops the bomb late in the game that she's actually adopted mm. and the reason why she's disappeared potentially because she's somehow connected to the town and the way she's connected to the town is probably the most unsettling and most horrifying detail of the game. <laughs> like, when you actually think about what happens to Alessa... It's so messed up. Who's... Yeah, and, and what the cult is up to is easily worse than anything that happens in Resident Evil. Worse than anything that happens in most of the rest of the series? Apart from maybe... Silent Hill 4, There's... because we get a bit more detail about what the cult's up to, but yeah, yeah. No, the stuff with yeah. Alessa is, is nightmarish. Yeah, the tri- tricky thing is with Silent Hill, I questioned if I was understanding the game fully. I, I mean, I was speaking to you about this, like, 
I was a little bit confused, but I kind of I wish there was. A it's fine. It, it does it doesn't explain itself well at all. No, no, no. <laughs> but, but but there's there's some. <laughs> but sometimes I love mystery and things, and I love kind of wanting to know more oh, and explore ambiguity. that and figure it all yeah. out. Yeah, 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 the ambiguity yeah. of it exactly. Like I mean, I've had this with books, and I've had this with films, and I've had this yeah. with various video games. And Silent Hill, I still was just like, what? After playing the video yeah. game, and yeah. like, yeah. Um, I like that there's this multifaceted story going on and world that it, it entails that can be taken in different ways and everyone's interpretation can be different and that's really 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 cool i think that's really really cool um, it's exciting yeah. there, there's a, there are a lot exciting. of it, it does open itself more so than well apart, no okay two has a lot of interpretations but yeah definitely mm. the later sequels are a bit more closed as to how you can interpret them whereas one i think there is a lot of open interpretation because yeah there is this element yeah. first off one of the endings is that the entire thing is just a dream that Harry's having while he's passed out dying in his crashed car. Like, yeah. that's one of the endings that you can get, is just Harry is dying and this is all a fever dream. Which is, yeah, which is shocking in itself, because that's the ending most players are going to get first time round. Mm. If you just go on the beaten path, if, if there's basically, if you want to get the good endings or different endings, then you need to kind of explore, go certain paths. Mm. Yeah, explore a bit more, which you, which the game doesn't direct you to do at yeah, all. Yeah, I'm really. going to jump into this because for this paper, to make up for the fact that I didn't use a walkthrough for my first playthrough years ago, I thought, okay, I'm going to try this game without a walkthrough. It's been a few years, so it's not super fresh. But yeah, I was able to mostly get through a lot of the game without a hitch. And funny enough, I had the notes from the piano puzzle in the school. I'd written it down on a piece of paper <laughs> from my last playthrough. <laughs> and yeah. I was like, I wonder if this is the right one. Very good. And I did that, followed the notes I did when I did the... Um, last time I did it first time I was like oh wow I must have figured it out by myself that was really cool however <laughs> I forgot to get the liquid in the hospital uh... yeah so I uh -huh. ended up having yeah, to yeah no I, I was I was the same my first playthrough yeah there's and a lot I, to I, remember yeah by the time I realised so I remembered a bit in the motel where you've got to go through and do all the things with the motorbike key and everything but I forgot yeah. you had to do something in the hospital so I missed that and I got really frustrated at the boss fight with Sybil because I got a bit stuck that was like one of the few times I got stuck on the game and it took me a few attempts to get to it and the only way I did it was by using the rifle which I didn't want to do because I was saving my rifle mm. for the final boss but I did it yeah, I'll finish. Um, the only other time I had trouble was the final boss. I think you guys have got the canon ending, though, to be fair on both of you. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be flat honest, and I do regret it. I kind of like using walkthroughs for a game, so I did use a walkthrough for Silent Hill after my experience with Resident Evil 1 and 2. But then after I found out how accessible it was and how much fun I was having playing it, I do regret playing it with a walkthrough. I mean, to be fair, the piano puzzle, I can see myself getting really frustrated at it, so oh, I kind yeah, of don't regret using it That puzzle is dumb, but yeah. Yeah, no. I love it. I'm defending uh, the piano puzzle. I'm gonna be that one guy. I love I love all the puzzles in Silent Hill. I think they're all great. The whole picking up the ooze in the hospital and then chuck it on the That's that's pretty no, that's pretty like yeah. specific. See, I yeah. knew about the ooze. I just forgot you had to get in the hospital. That was the problem. It's unfair on both of you, but 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 also you no. both got the canon ending anyway. No, but what's cool about it is that you can still complete the game without doing that. I think that's one of the big advantages that Silent Hill has over a lot of games from that era where like the the kind of nonsense logic that only needs to happen for stuff that you want to get a specific ending for 
you can mm-hmm. still finish the game without the nonsense logic whereas like a lot of games from this era you would need to think okay what drug were the game developers using <laughs> so that i so that i can figure out yeah what the stupid logic was click and point adventure game logic it was, P- it was yeah, ptv yeah. ptv was the drug they're on like yeah uh, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. One from the police station <laughs> This is another interpretation. Is it all just a hallucinogenic nightmare? Are they all just on drugs? Because <laughs> it's very possible. What I think is a cool detail is Harry's sort of trapped in a Groundhog Day sort of situation. Yeah. So if you start like a second playthrough, like a New Game Plus, he just wakes straight up in the diner in the scene that comes yeah. straight oh, after so getting you killed the in the alleyway stuff. at the start. Yeah, it skips, yeah, it skips skip the... the dream and he just wakes up in the diner as if he's just woken up from being dead in his car. So you keep going until you've actually done the Groundhog Day thing and found the liquid, poured it on Sybil, and done the other thing and found all the right little bits you should be doing, and then he finally escapes the curse. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's cool. Because I know once you... Because the first time I played it, I did get that ending, the, the good plus ending, where you pour the liquid on Sybil. And right. when you do that, like it replaced, Sybil gets replaced in the first with the woman in the first cutscene at the start of the game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. Really? Yeah. That's really clever. Oh my gosh. So there's a secret, there's a cycle nature to it. Yeah, the new child that they find, yeah, it's mm. the same same moment. Oh my gosh. Different. Yeah, we should mention, um, this game murders a child. (laughs) Now that we're in spoiler territory. Cheryl straight up dies. Like I said, the meme is accurate. Harry does not get his daughter back. It's absolutely horrible and horrific. He gets a new and improved daughter. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Silent Hill's just like, hey, sorry, man, no no more daughter, but here's a new one. (laughs) Here's here's a new baby. Um, Yeah, you're you lost the daughter you spent seven years bringing up. Yeah, have a new one, it's fine. Your daughter reached cognitive abilities enough to identify as a living human being who can see, <laughs> like, and, you know, identify herself in the world. Yeah, we killed her. Here's a new baby. <laughs> it's so like his bizarre. Harry's last conversation so with his daughter <laughs> is over the phone in the school where mm. she's screaming, Daddy, help me, and then it cuts off. Daddy? Cheryl! And, and there's uh, the TV screens the in the shopping yeah, mall as well. That's that's the last time he sees her. Yeah, and that, they apparently they're showing her like being tortured or she's screaming in pain or something. Uh, <laughs> it's it's he looks so it's happy horrible. with the new baby like afterwards <laughs> as well, like as if he's just not it's not ha- even happened. What the hell, I mean, Harry? <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know if he's happy. I think he's he's probably just baffled at this point. You know, the like, game the game spends so little mean? time exploring what the ending actually means that you have no idea really. All, all that happens yeah. is he, get, he gets handed a baby and then he just legs it, you know, and then yeah, it, yeah. it rolls credits without doing any kind of epilogue or. But that again, but that's good because I think that leaves the game open to the interpretation I talked about, where yeah. it's like, is is it all a dream? Is it a hallucination? Or is it this big cosmic story of an elder god being born from this cult's magic which they've used this young Carrie surrogate to bring about the end times, you know? And that is only... (laughs) And that's only if you get the good endings, because if you get the bad endings, then, yeah, Harry just stays there. Or Sybil 
gets him out or something and then i was saying to joe though is the bad ending really the one where harry is just dreaming it all and he's dead because i feel like the good ending or the ending where the cult is real and the magic is real and apparently this elder god is real is a lot worse for the world <laughs> than yeah. it just being some fever dream that some dying guy in a car is having. Yeah, at, um, least, at least all the messed up <laughs> stuff is just happening in his head. <laughs> just suddenly this Lovecraftian horror is a figure of his imagination. Joe and I talk about this a lot, but in the sequels especially, especially in Silent Hill 4, it's very implied that the world of Silent Hill is spreading beyond the town. Mm. Um, and and it, it's, it's not limited to just that area anymore like wherever the town has like whatever place it's touched it starts to like grow in itself and yeah, it's very yeah. very creepy and eventually four yeah. yeah yeah where like a lot of three and four don't even take place in silent hill hmm. like the actual town itself they just they take place in these other towns or other places and that are becoming infected as it were so good luck america uh you gotta <laughs> So this is a similar but related thing. Finishing Silent Hill, I expected two reactions. One to be frustrated and angry like I did with Resident Evil 1 and 2. Or to be creeped out like everyone said I would be, essentially. But I felt neither of those things. I felt a tremendous coldness and hmm. profound emotional reaction. Like a, basically a strong sadness. Almost like a thoughtful, reflect, like reflective emotional yeah. silence at the game. Because something about the visuals, the music and the tone of this game did basically did that for me somehow it's a it's a worthy it's worthy of a lot of praise mm. there's a few there's only a few games that do that for me i can i mean undertale and like a few other games maybe kingdom hearts does have that emotional kind of jerk reaction for me but it's we haven't really talked about it too much but lisa's death was really really oh I mean, yes or at least, or at least <laughs> i mean the the or at least the figment i don't i can't really comprehend exactly what's occurring there but this version of lisa dying was just like the most saddest thing i've ever seen in a video game and I honestly thought I did something wrong when she died I literally restarted my save file before she died repeatedly oh. because I wanted to try and save her oh. literally I no no literally yeah. I was just like yeah. I did not want uh I hated it so much. Yeah, because you, you have an attachment with her. She's the only normal person you meet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I, was uh, very I mean, I mean, who else is there? There's the pervy doctor. <laughs> There's a pervy doctor, a cult leader, a <coughs> police officer. <coughs> <laughs> <laughs> Take this unloaded pistol. <laughs> I like how that's um, foreshadowed. She says, "Oh, make sure you know what you're shooting at, because later on you have to shoot her unless you got the liquid." Yeah, yeah. Why does she just yeah, walk she, out? She and says, leave you there. She says, "Like, I don't want you shooting me later or something," doesn't she? Before you pull the trigger, know who you're shooting, and don't do it unless you have to. And don't go blasting me by mistake. Got it? Mm. Yeah. She just walks out like, hey, I'm going to go fight some monsters. You can fend for yourself. Sorry, Harry. Bye. I want to talk about my experience with the final boss with this playthrough where I ended up in a no-win scenario. A Kobayashi Maru test, if you were. Only Starship fans will probably uh -huh. get that, but <laughs> I only had two healing items, which isn't enough to survive the boss. I gave it a few fair few attempts. But I was never able to survive long enough as the lightning's quite hard to avoid. And unless mm. you, you heal as soon as you're hit, you're basically dead. You have to heal halfway through the lightning strike. <laughs> yeah, much like Captain James C. Kirk, I do not believe in the no-win scenario. And I found out online 
that there is something called the no ammo glitch. So basically what you do in the corridor before the boss, you shoot all your ammo. Just use shoot every bullet you have until you've got no ammo left. Then you go downstairs and fight the boss and then run around for a little bit. And then suddenly the boss will die on its own because you've got no ammo to fight it. Yeah. <laughs> do you not have to um, demonstrate that your weapons are empty? I'm sure I heard that. I didn't do that. I just ran oh, around. Okay. And then after two rounds of lightning, the final cutscene triggered. Yes. Yeah, I, I don't think it's a glitch. I think it's... Um specifically so that people who complained about getting locked in Resident Evil, running out of weapons and healing items, could still finish the game. Yeah. Like, really it's a, it's a deliberate so thing. If you, get, if you get all the way to the end and you don't have enough ammo, all you have to do is go in and I heard show the boss that all of your guns are empty. And then I it just, just want to give the developers of this game a big hug. That, that just <laughs> literally everything you described to me, Joe. That's just like so considerate of little gamers like me. It's, it's really built for you, man. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, damn, bro. But between the animations, the atmosphere, and the, the, the noble thing, it's for you. Man. I love it so much. To be fair, on the final boss of Resident Evil One, all you need to do is run around until you get thrown the rocket launcher. That's true. Uh, that's another point I want to bring up with James because I remember when James was talking about playing Silent Hill, one of the things I said to him was, mm. you know how you hated using the knife in Resident Evil? In Silent Hill, the melee yeah. weapons are actually a viable option because I spent a lot of this game yeah, using yeah. my melee weapons. Yeah, you're, you're mm. absolutely right. I love the melee in this game. That's another thing, actually. I didn't I didn't write that down, actually, but I'm glad you brought it up. By the end of the game, I had like hundreds of pistol shots because I barely used it. And I only used like, the shotgun yeah. and the rifle uh, on bosses. Yeah, I'm, pre I'm pretty much melee only in Silent Hill. I, I've, really? I've figured out uh, I'm all about the gun in the school and then the hammer for the rest of the, the game because I hate those little... Oh, the grabby freaks. enemies. Yeah, mm, yeah, yeah. I hate awful. them so much. So if, if if I can just keep them as far away from me as possible, that's my go-to. About those um, school enemies. Oh, yeah, yeah the censorship. Do you, guys, do you guys know about the censorship? Yeah. They had to redesign. I've heard about this. About three, or, three or four times after the original demo because they were too similar to children. Yeah. And they just got more and more monster fight with each redesign. And eventually what we got in Europe and Japan were these, they kind of remind me of moles. Yeah, like they're, they're just these kind of little orange, kind of triangle-shaped guys with big claws that grab onto you while while the other ones like slash at you. But in in the American version, because um, Americans don't have such an issue with violence in schools, you get attacked by uh, they're called gray children. They're more yeah. they have a more humanoid humanoid form, and they like slash at you with actual knives. Mm. Oh, America. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I was I was watching some clips of that, and they are quite uncomfortable. This game came out before Columbine. Like, imagine if this game was trying to come out after Columbine; it probably would have been censored mm. as well. It's kind of like Doom in the way that it's setting out to upset as many Satanic Panic idiots as possible. <laughs> it's got it all, you know. I've got to launch in. I'm going to say this because I've been wanting to say this for a long time, and you basically said the perfect thing me to, to link it into it. I played this game really incorrectly. I played it like Doom. I got a shotgun. I had unlimited bullets. Uh. I just used. I just literally was just like, dun 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 dun, and just like just shot every like evil nurse and like every like flying creature. Wait, did did you use like, a cheat or something? Because I didn't know there was an unlimited ammo cheat. No, no, it wasn't unlimited ammo. It was just I just happened to stumble off shotgun ammo. If I ran out of that, then I just used my, my pistol. It was basically like playing Doom. It was crazy. <laughs> I almost never used the shotgun, so to be honest, I had a lot of ammo towards the end. So if I had just gone full going postal, I probably would have just 
been happy using the shotgun towards the end. It, it kills enemies really quickly as well, so you didn't really run out of ammo that much, yeah. really. Oh, it's the same with Resident Evil. We could just use the shotgun to blow the zombies' heads off. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's better, though. It's My usual go-to <laughs> is um, kill the enemies in the indoor areas because you need to do a lot of looping around and backtracking to like find things and solve puzzles, but just run away from enemies in the street. Oh, that's what I do. Yeah, yeah Harry is the king of sprinting. Oh, my God, yeah. Track star. That's another really cool detail. Is that if you've been running a while, then you stop. Harry, he, he's like catching his breath. He's like, mm. <sighs> and I want yeah, to talk about yeah. the most annoying enemy in the game. It's when you're outside. I think it's after the hospital. You get these like I think they look like gorillas. They just they're really fast. They chase oh, after you. Oh, I hate and that. They <laughs> jump on you. Joe will tell you I had a visceral reaction. To oh, these you guys. hated those. Yeah. Yeah, they terrify me. I don't know what it is. I just I don't like them at all. They're really uncomfortable they have a really weird like kind of bounding stride you know yeah it's almost like they're skipping at you they're skipping they make the monkey chimp noise oh, and they're, just, they're, and they're just really a, a little bit faster than you so they catch up with you yeah, really slowly yeah. but like there's nothing they, you can do about it and then they just pin you down they pin you down and there's the idea that they represent doctors or people pinning Alessa. I should mention, we've kind of mentioned her a few times, Alessa is probably the one who's causing everything that's happening in Silent Hill, where it's her whole subconscious screaming out. And one of the details is, is the monsters. And yeah, so these chimp monsters, the idea is that they're doctors pinning her down to the bed while they're injecting her with whatever. Oof. And um, she's, yeah, so. she's a deeply traumatized young woman who was who suffered a lot as a child and just yeah. happens to have psychic powers of some sort and seems yeah. to be yeah. manifesting yeah. horrible monsters that reflect her traumas. Which is probably the biggest theme of Silent Hill. That's basically what Silent Hill 2 is, is just this idea. Yes, I was going to say that. That is what Silent Hill 2 is. All Yeah, it's just all trauma. <laughs> all the monsters yeah. you fight of them, Pyramid Head, are, their bodies are female, which ties into the plot of the game. Do you know what? Yeah, this all yeah. kind of reminds me of Paranorman a little bit. <laughs> I, I, I get that, yeah. Just that, It just kind of clicked into my brain. I thought, hold on a minute. That does sound very similar. Damn. Oh, because of the traumatised girl. The main plot of Paranorman actually is very inspired by Silent Hill. Yeah, it's about a, a witch who oh, was... Really? Yeah, because it was a young girl who was like a witch who was oh. executed several hundred oh. years before, now manifesting yeah. herself as this terrifying witch, but actually she was like a ten-year-old girl who was just murdered by the townspeople. Yeah. But I thought, I'm sorry, Mr. Studio. I thought you said that the creator themselves was actually inspired by Silent Hill. Oh, I don't know, but it is interesting that they are so similar because, yeah, they're both about a small town as well. There's stuff going on there. Yeah, there is. We should ought to talk about that Silent Hill has actually had a big pop cultural impact on art as a whole, to be honest. All the characters are in um, Dead by Daylight as well, like Pyramid Heads and Dead by Daylight and stuff yeah. like that. Well, they've, they've introduced some Silent Hill 1 characters as well. I know Sybil's in Dead by Daylight. I think Lisa Garland is as well. Heather from the third game, isn't it? And I think yeah, possibly yeah. James from the second as well now. Yes, yeah. Next stop, Fortnite. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. No. Oh, yeah. Pyramid oh, Head is 100% going to be in Fortnite. We, we've already got oh, that gif no. of all the main characters dancing. Like, it can't be that far <laughs> from them flossing on Fortnite. <laughs> it's, not, it's, not, it's not beyond the realms of possibility. I've already seen Henry from the fourth game doing, like, a head spin or whatever it is in that gif. <laughs> oh, joy. I hate Fortnite so much. I just don't agree with Battle Royale. 
So bad. So, what's better, Fortnite or mayonnaise? You put me in a horrible position here, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> mayonnaise is probably worse, though, to be fair. Uh, regarding the pop culture impact of Silent Hill, the Duffer Brothers have cited Silent Hill as being an influence on the 2016 television show, Stranger Things. Oh, so I can kind of see that now, yeah. Massively, yeah. Yeah, they like, they've noted that they that inspired the Upside Down, which is a parallel dimension where all of the weird demon things are. When you do look at both the game and the show, you can see it, for yeah. sure. Mm. And I'm pretty sure there's other like filmmakers and TV show directors and stuff oh, like that sure. cited Silent Hill. So the point I'm trying to get across is that it has had an impact on pop culture as we know it today, especially yeah. horror as well. So yeah. it's it's really, well, really important video games. Like it's, it's probably one of the few... I know we were, or, or Joe was kind of knocking it earlier but the film is solid for oh, the most part i will say yeah i will say it's, it's one of the few video that. game adaptations that's pretty decent until the last 20 minutes uh, when yeah. it turns into schlock which is a shame because the first hour and a bit is all pretty good in terms of just being a solid adaptation of the first game honey sometimes when you go to sleep you go on a little walk and sometimes you talk about a place i don't remember that's why we're gonna go there so you can remember. They threw Pyramid in there because he's iconic. He shouldn't be in there. Um, yeah, doesn't he rip someone in half or something? Which is awesome, so I approve of that. that that's the thing that I have the problem with with that film. Now that I'm, like, you know, I'm familiar with Silent Hill, I don't hate most of it. Most of it's fine. But what's interesting about, like, the first three games in particular is that most of the really violent stuff happens off screen. Yeah. So you come across a lot mm. of corpses strung up to railings and... The locker! You, you, hear, you hear about a lot of horrible stuff. And yeah, the bloody locker. Most of the actual violence is committed off screen or you, like yeah. you might have it described to you a little bit. But <laughs> at the end of the film, there's a scene in which a woman is killed by a barbed wire enema. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> On screen. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, Joe, Silent Hill 2 has Maria getting stabbed about three times or yes, something. But every, it, right? Yes, so, but every time is off screen. You never actually see it happen. Do we not see it with the elevator? No, you see her no. hand coming through the elevator. Oh, in, right, in, in, the, in the scene at the end, you see her face as it happens, Damn. and then it cuts back to James. That's some old Hollywood violence right there, to the point that I actually thought that I'd seen that happen when actually, no, that wasn't It's the so case. effective that's, and that's so absorbing cool. that you don't yeah. even notice. Like, it, it, doesn't need, it doesn't need to show you, like, really tasteless violence, because it's already drawn you no, in. It, yeah, it's the psycho rule. Psycho doesn't show a single moment of her getting stabbed in the shower. It just shows the knife going down. Yeah. Yeah. One last thing. It's a small little thing, which is the bloopers. Can we just talk about the bloopers very quickly? Oh, the bloopers? Oh, what, the end cut yeah. scene? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the end credits. Oh, yeah. Where everyone's doing the weird faces of the camera. It's so great. I love it. They're being goofy cast members. It's great. <laughs> you go through this this like emotionally like traumatic game, and then just suddenly to see all the characters that you've seen die or go through these horrible situations, just goofing around. It's the best thing. Ever. With this goofy like Reservoir Dogs music. <laughs> yeah. That reminds me of the end credits to Predator which is literally like a sitcom opening. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. Takayoshi Sato, I was reading an interview with him and he said the reason why they had the alien ending and the dog ending in Silent Hill 2 and, you know, the goofy endings was because they thought that they needed to have a bit of levity after how dark 
the game gets and how sad it gets. Mm. So yeah, so the end credits being quite goofy and fun was just a nice way for players to be like, guys, it's okay. <laughs> every game, every it's one just... of the games has a joke ending except the fourth one. Yeah, Ooh. yeah. Well, the fourth one has how many endings does the fourth one have? Four, I think. What's what's our favorite part of the game? Our favorite part. I can go first if you want. I've already got an idea. Okay, yeah, go yeah. for it. It's just Lisa's death, honestly. It just really was oh, yeah. very heavy. Like, like I said, I did. I don't think I've been as moved by a video game in a very long time, actually. Like, honestly, just witnessing that really gutted me, and I was horrified by it, just simply because of the gore of it, and also just like the music playing into how emotional it was. And just how innocent of a character she is, like she's literally begging you for help previously before that. And I did everything, like I actually, like I said, I don't normally do this in a video game, but I literally was reloading the save, just trying to prevent it from happening because I hated it so much. Mm. But, you know, the fact that, that a game can make me feel so strongly about a scene like that is just, I don't know, it's, it diver- it deserves props for it 100%, so that's one of, mm. one of my favourite scenes there. And the music is lovely as well. The way she's pounding on the door afterwards, and Harry's like holding. Oh it, my holding god! It oh, yeah. side. Actually, actually, that, that there was the point I wanted to make. Actually, regarding Harry's voice act, is that note where he goes, "Lisa, it's just the delivery of it is just so." It, literally, even now, I'm just getting a bit of, like something in my throat just oh, talking man. about it. It's just, yeah. Lisa, what's the matter with you? I get it now. Why I'm still alive, even though everyone else is dead. I'm not the only one who's still walking around. I'm the same as them. Lisa. It's kind of what the rest of the series was built on was that scene. Yeah. Oh, especially the music. That music's incredible. Especially the second one. Silent Hill 2 feels like, what if we did that entire scene, but like as a game? <laughs> you can look up, there's a lovely cover of the song that someone did with the violin. You can watch it on YouTube. Oh, it's wow. Just, oh, it's, it's so beautiful, honestly. I've heard a few renditions of the Not Tomorrow Lisa mm. theme, and yeah, they're all pretty good. The Lisa bit is in my favourite bit because my favourite section was the nightmare section which was the part of the end of the game we're in the hospital corridors which is a familiar location but all mm. the doors lead to different places I thought that was really cool design this yeah. one where you have to actually think and map out where everything leads but one moment I want to talk about is I think I briefly mentioned it earlier is the locker so when you go to the school you go to a locker <laughs> and you open it and the cat runs out <laughs> and then gets devoured yeah. by something off screen <laughs> Then when you go to like the hellish version of the school, you look in that same locker, it's empty and it's just like bloody splatter in the locker. And then wow. <laughs> and, and then you walk away from the locker and it doesn't it like smash cut to another locker like falling open and a corpse falling down onto oh, the ground. Oh yes, you? yeah. Always makes me <laughs> nice, jump. Nice, great little jump scare. It's great. <laughs> you, you always forget that that's going to happen. It's like a little later than you think it's going to be, even when you're ready for it. How I play horror games is... I like to play autumn, winter. It's the perfect time to play horror games because it gets dark earlier because I love playing horror games with the lights out. I love getting immersed. I love getting creeped out by the atmosphere. I love getting spooked by everything. My favourite bits. (laughs) You you can pick multiple. Go on. Go ahead. It's fine. Uh, Okay, I'm going to have to say it's the half hour in the middle where you just have static cutscenes with people explaining the plot to you (laughs) which is immediately followed by a sewer section. 
that's my favourite bit of the game. <laughs> oh, that, those enemies yeah. in the sewers are a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah, it's so notable that we haven't talked about the sewer section at all. <laughs> Se- seri- seriously, though, my, my favourite no, favor uh, bit is the opening. So uh, pretty much everything from, especially the alleyway at the start, your first oh yeah, first God. walk around the town, and the whole of the school section. It's a perfect first yeah, impression yeah. for a video game, 100%. When you beat the boss at the end of the school section, and it switches from Otherworld back to slightly less spooky world, and it's like got this morning light throughout the schools of the corridor and it's all misty and quiet uh it's really gorgeous you know yeah the moment after the first boss is surprisingly peaceful considering how the corridor, yeah. intense things are yeah it does feel like you're in a school early yeah, exactly. morning it's very surreal it's so well done i think because you're, you've become so used to how nightmarish everything is prior that when you come out to that and everything's normal again normal-ish it's like oh this feels real <laughs> yeah and <laughs> um, it's yeah. just occurred to me because this is the first time I've played this game since I started working in a school. I'm not saying which one because I don't want to get doxxed, but <laughs> yeah, it was this weird playing the game it, where you go around the school shooting monsters. My favourite bit is actually the opening cutscene, the intro. I watch it every time I play the game. Like, I never not oh, watch same it. Here. Oh, like the, the opening music video? The opening music video, yeah. I never. Before, I, before I, you I, even press start. Or load game, yeah. game or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that, that's when the game's peaked. Honestly, <laughs> it, it's so good. I, I always, I remember saying to Joe ages ago, my favourite bit, I think it's the bit that just completely won me over to Silent Hill immediately, is the bit when Harry's driving his car and there's Cheryl in the car next to him. And then you see Sybil, you know, on her police bike and she just drives past and she drives ahead of him and they kind of acknowledge each other. Then you get a bit more things, you get an image of Cheryl. And then suddenly we cut to Harry looks out and he sees that the motorbike's been abandoned on the road. And he kind of looks out and goes, you know, he kind of has that face of like, huh, that's weird. Where's Sybil? Where's the woman I just saw? And it's the first hint that something's wrong. And mm-hmm. I just, I I love it so much. Like I can, I can watch it over and over again, that bit. Because it's just so, it's such a wonderful foreshadowing of whatever it is that's going on in Silent Hill. Like she literally just disappeared and the bike is left abandoned there. It's again like spooky stuff happening off screen in the fog, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, left to your imagination, that's what the game does really well. What is going on in Silent Hill, we'll never really know. Even with all the sequels, I'm still still not quite clear what's going on in Silent Hill, even after all these... Oh, we didn't even mention Shattered Memories, but that can be a tale for another time. I need to figure out how to emulate that one as well. Not knowing what's going on. That's a perfect comparison to Alien. We spoke about where Alien was scary and mm. we didn't know what it was. Then Prometheus had to piss it all up the wall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree with that 100%. But, yeah, I, I haven't um, seen My dad does as well, actually. Please, please don't both, spoil it. No, literally, like, the space jockey. No, 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 don't, don't watch it. Don't watch it. You, just protect yourself. <laughs> um. <laughs> okay, so next time, I want to be the very best. No one ever was. The cash them is my real test. To train them is my cause. So yes, next time we are discussing Pokemon. Beyblade, my favorite. 
Yeah, specifically my favourite iteration of Pokemon, the manga series Pokemon Adventures, which is a great series that the Pokemon creator Satoshi Tajira describes as the closest adaptation to how we imagine the world of the games. I'm incredibly excited to revisit it and share it with Ewan and James and see how they react to it. Yeah, no, like I'm a huge fan of Tamagotchi, so this is going to be great. <laughs> this is the this is the one with Shinji, right, and the giant robots. Wait, what? It's always a giant robot, so I'm interested. <laughs> I think that's a joke that only Joe would get. No, man, it's, it's the one with the killer notebook. Ah, okay, yeah. And the main character has red hair, right? And he's a ninja. I can't wait to talk about Agamon. <laughs> <laughs> no. Alright, see you later. <laughs> okay, until next Bye. time, the Blue Cars meets you farewell. Bye, everyone. Happy Halloween. <laughs> Watch Nero on Netflix. Oh, piss off, Skeletor. Thank you for listening to Bloobcast. We've been Rob, James, and Ewan. You can find all of our episodes on Bloobcast.com. We're also available on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. We also have a YouTube channel where we produce shorter episodes called Blooblets where we discuss the latest news in popular culture. You can find us on social media with at BlueCastPod on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Please like, follow and subscribe so you can get the latest updates on new episodes. We also have an email address which is bloopcast.outlook.com so if you have any feedback or want to suggest things for us to review in our future episodes please feel free to drop us an email and you'll get a shout out on the next episode. Please also rate and review us on YouTube and Apple Podcasts. More engagement helps us a lot. And finally, please share the podcast amongst your friends and family. Help spread the word so that the Bloopcast Empire can become strong and mighty. What was that? What's that? What's this? What's this? What's this? What's this? What is this? Have you seen a little girl? Have you seen a little girl anywhere? Have you seen a little girl around here? Gyromancy.